0: Welcome to the Marriage Battle Plan Podcast. You know, a lot of couples struggle to communicate clearly in their marriages, and it's costing them a lot of heartache and pain. Our mission here is to help you communicate better with your spouse using combat-proven military communication strategies so you can enjoy your marriage more every single day. If you haven't done so already, please take the next three seconds. That's right, just the next three seconds. And simply click that five-star review button if you think this is a five-star podcast so we can reach even more people just like you and your family and friends and loved ones and help you all continue to win in your marriage. All right, today we're going to be talking about how to protect yourself from manipulators. I'm Brian Fleming.
1: I'm Jamie Fleming.
0: My hot wife. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about five kinds of manipulators that you're going to run into in relationships, whether it's a marriage relationship or a, a friendship of some sort, a business relationship. These are things you want to look out for because people who are manipulators can be uh, extremely destructive and divisive. They can uh, try to control you and destroy you. Mm-hmm. Your other relationships, they'll try to come in between people uh, who you love and care about, uh, who have no problem with you, and try to create problems. And these people come in a lot of different forms and they're kinda of sneaky and if you don't know what to look out for, uh you can be a victim of this. You can you can get attacked by these people in ways you don't know and suffer consequences. Yep. So, Jamie, have you ever known a manipulator in your life? Yes. Yeah? Known a few?
1: Yes. Known they, a few.
0: <laughs> are they always men?
1: No, not necessarily. I mean, one in particular I'm thinking of is, but not all of them are. It, they come in every Shape. gender. <laughs>
0: <I was> like, <laughs> all two of them, by the way. Yeah, yeah
1: all yeah. two, all two. Not genders. to get
0: political here. <laughs> Can't believe you got to say that nowadays. But um, <laughs> well, today what we're basing this episode on is a great book. If you haven't read it, it's called "Scary Close" by Donald Miller.
1: My favorite author.
0: Yeah, and Don writes a lot of great books. He's you know the founder of StoryBrand. You've probably heard of that if you're in business or in the business world. Uh, I learned a lot from him early on. Uh, I was one of his first uh, StoryBrand certified guides and copywriters, and so I've learned from him uh, pretty extensively throughout You know, as, as one of the guides who was certified through his program. And uh, excellent stuff. I've always enjoyed his stuff. Uh, very high quality. Anyway, scary close. It's my about f- it's it's about dropping the act and finding true intimacy. That's the name of the the subtitle.
1: And it's it's. I mean, honestly, it's my favorite book. We've went through it twice as a married couple, and I honestly wouldn't mind going through it a third time because every time that we read this book, I get more and more out of it.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it's good reminders, and. You know, I I don't know Don intimately, closely, so I can't say, oh, you know, this is how Don truly is. I mean, let's let's face it, I've written some books too, and sometimes people put, you know, the projection of what they want to be forward. But I really felt, I really felt in this book that uh, he was really transparent with some things, mm-hmm. some faults of his own, and uh, it did feel quite genuine. Um, you know, it, it very much felt and sounded that way as we were reading this, mm-hmm. and this is. This is chapter nine, and we're going to talk about the five kinds of manipulators because again, they will control you. They'll destroy you. They'll destroy your self esteem. They'll destroy your relationships. They'll control you. Uh, you'll you'll lose opportunities to do things uh, maybe that you feel called to do with your life. You'll mm-hmm. lose friendships. Um, they'll want to isolate you. Um, it, I mean, it, it's 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 deviant. It's demonic. Yeah. Um, how some of these things go. And some of these things are just so sneaky that if you don't know what to look for, if you don't know the signs, yeah, I mean, you'll just, you'll walk right into an ambush. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk about that a lot in the marriage battle plan at marriagebattleplan.com. Um, if you haven't gone through the course yet, you need to if you're in a relationship. And uh, you know, we talk about identifying the real enemy yeah. in a situation and how that enemy is almost never the thing you think it is. And it lies just beneath the surface of the obvious problem that you're seeing. Yeah. And so the, this really um, sheds some light on that. So, Jamie, what's the
1: what's the first kind of manipulator? The first kind of manipulator is called the scorekeeper.
0: Mm. So the scorekeeper is kind of like a, a very transactional person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and here's what Don says in the book. He defines it this way. He says whenever somebody starts keeping score in a relationship, that relationship begins to die. A score a scorekeeper makes life feel like it's a contest, only there's no way to win. Mm. Scorekeepers are in control of the scoreboard and they frame it any way they want, but always in such a way that they're winning.
2: Mm.
0: And you know, they basically see the world as a zero-sum game. If something good happens to you, it must be at their their loss or detriment. Or somebody else's loss or detriment, you know something good can't possibly happen to you without that taking away from someone else, which is nothing further could be from the truth, yeah, and we've had you know some <laughs> i'll I'll call past friends uh, like that um uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, <laughs> who they're like, well, you got this blessing, and um, well, you know, there are other people who are suffering and
1: who are worse off than you that deserve it more than you. And I'm like, wow.
0: Yeah. and (laughs) Somebody blessed you with something. And then, you know, this person comes against you. And well, other people need that more. How dare you accept that? It's like, what do you turn down a a gift that you're dishonoring somebody if they're.
1: Well, and that's God's God's trying to bless you. Like that's (laughs) like not taking, take, not taking the blessing that God's God's giving you. (laughs) Yeah. Which like, what the heck?
0: (laughs) So he says here that scorekeepers will call in their favors by saying you don't owe them anything as in. For example, you don't owe me for that time. I dropped you off at the airport, but hey, I'm traveling next week and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, hey, you don't owe me anything, but here's what I want from you. Mm-hmm. So so they're positioning their statements in a way where they're trying to get you to feel obligated to help them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that that's a huge red flag, by the way. If you hear people saying things like that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, beware. Uh, don't ignore it. He gives an example in here, you know, as a writer. He says that all the time he hears he hears this line, "Hey Don, I bought copies of your books for all my friends, so could you come over to my next book group? People <laughs> who meet and read books. And hey, I bought a bunch. So therefore, can you know? Can you come over? The, mm-hmm. They're positioning in a way where they're trying to make it hard for him to say no. Yeah, it, it's subtle.
1: It's very, it's very subtle. Yeah." And almost not recognizable until you think about it. It's like, wait a second.
0: When you think about how that makes the person, like Don in this case, how it would cause him to feel if he doesn't make a certain decision the way they want. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That flies below the radar sometimes. Yeah. He says, you know, if they wouldn't have phrased the request like it was a barter of some sort, he said he might have actually gone and done that for him. Um, But he knows that if he gets into a scorekeeper, that he'd be entering into the twilight zone where he'll have to submit to the rules of some made-up game. And in true intimate relationships, people don't keep score. Yep. So you might also look for, uh, what are some other phrases people might might use if they're a scorekeeper?
1: Like, after all I've done for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really bad one. Yeah. if you want something you gotta do you gotta you gotta do something for it
0: yeah it's like you know you want something for the kids uh, clothes fun there you know there was a, a woman we know who was married to a guy for a long time anytime she wanted anything lunch money for the kids clothing for the kids because they were outgrowing them um, maybe money to take the kids to get ice cream mm-hmm. every every little thing she wanted there was always there's always this, what are you going to do for me? Mm -hmm. You know, the husband was, you know, well, you're going to give me something for that, you know, and it was just, it was usually of a a pretty sick nature. I mean, pretty, pretty twisted thing. Like, Um, Hey,
1: um, have sex with me and then you can do that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or do this kind of act or do this kind of thing. Like I'm telling you, it it was basically, you know, the lady didn't want to do certain things, but you know, then the, the kids were used as leverage. Well, Mm -hmm. if I do this, I know if I withhold something from the kids, she'll do what I want in order that the kids won't have to suffer. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. It's so twisted. Very. (laughs) And so, yeah, if if, just remember the scorekeeper, um, they're going to keep score and the scoreboard will always be in their favor. Yeah. So uh, if you recognize that, you might want to or I would highly recommend distancing yourself safely, uh, however that looks. So, what's the second kind Jamie?
1: The second one is called the judge the judge so it controls people by um threats of judgment. threats of judgment
0: yeah now this this is um <laughs> this is actually interesting because um there's there's a couple of different ways this can uh, be communicated you know in the book um page one o five Don tells a story of when. He was at, um, in his past, he was at, like, dinner with a friend of his, a female friend. And um, she said to him, there may come a day when you meet my mother. And I just want you to know, I think she's right about most things. And I'd hate for you to disagree with her.
1: (laughs) Wow. Red flag! (laughs) Like sirens. Yes. Flashing red lights. (laughs)
0: There may come a day you meet my mother. I just want you to know I think she's right about most things, and I'd hate for you to disagree with her. Woo! To which Don replied, I'm sure she's a wise woman and really great, and who knows whether or not we'll agree about things. Uh, only time will tell. And he says, at this point, the the woman began to cry. She wiped <laughs> her eyes and said, You don't understand. I don't want you to disagree with her. Wow. And he says, later, when I met her mother, I realized she controlled people by judging them. Mm. From an early age, my friend learned her security, her food, her shelter, and even though the love she received depended on one thing, Mom is always right. Wow. And she simply couldn't get close to anybody who would threaten that security.
1: That's insane. Isn't it? That's insane.
0: Yeah. He says a judge personality strongly believes in right and wrong. They have a good, strong sense of justice, Mm -hmm. which is great but they also believe they're the ones who decide what's right and wrong and they'll lord it over people in order to maintain authority and power. And, you know, that right and wrong are less a moral code than they're a collar and a leash they attach to others so they can lead them around. Mm. Here, check this one. I'll read that right there.
1: When a judge personality is religious, they'll use the Bible to con- to gain control of others. The Bible becomes a book of rules... <laughs> They use to prove they are right rather than a book that introduces people to God. Wow.
0: Yeah. So you know, there's a really, uh, there's a really common Bible verse that you'll hear thrown around in marriages, uh, usually by the man, almost always by uh, the man when he's trying to manipulate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which one is that?
1: Ephesians five twenty two through twenty four says, "Wives, submit to your husbands."
0: Yeah, it's the one that, uh, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Uh, yeah, As you do to the Lord. Five, Ephesians 5, 22 mm-hmm. and 20 to and the the
1: 24. And 23rd says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as church is as the Christ, head of...
0: Christ of, is the head of the church. We're reading this off my phone, so it's kind of small. <laughs> For the
1: husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is yeah. the head of the church, his body of which he is a savior.
0: And then 24
1: then 24 says, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything.
0: Dudes love this verse. Oh, yeah. What they don't love is when the wife fires back and says, oh, yeah? Well, what about the verse that comes right after it? Uh-huh. Because sometimes people forget. They they just like to twist scripture and uh, they'll use that against people. Because what, what does verse 25 say?
1: Verse 25 Says husbands love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her.
0: Okay. So love your wives in such a way that you're willing to die for. her. Um, a, a, a guy who is just living and trying to rule his marriage with an iron fist—that's not. That's not a guy who. That's not a husband who uh, is loving his wife in a way that he's willing to even you know die for her that's yeah. not that kind of thing. Uh it's complete opposite actually. It's it's not love, it's just control. Mm-hmm. And something interesting here that Don says on um, on page 106 is this uh, about this go ahead and read it.
1: The truth is they don't believe they are wrong at all. To be wrong is to give up control and manipulators don't give up control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: You know, in in reality, you just you can't have true intimate relationship with people that you control because control is about fear Mm -hmm. and intimacy is about risk. It's about love and things like that. And so um, pretty interesting. So if you uh, are married to someone twisting scripture (laughs) or just, you know, just trying to use some sort of judgment to get you to bend to their will, you're probably dealing with a judge. Yep. So what's the third kind
1: of manipulator? The third one is the false hero. So it leads people to believe in a hope or better future um, than is realistic.
0: Yeah, this is kind of like like a carrot on a stick in front of a horse. Mm-hmm. It's like if, if, if you start, if, if you want to be with somebody or you want them to do something, you just keep casting a vision of the future that's so great that gets, whenever they're about to leave, or they're like, oh, this is dumb, or we're not doing this, this isn't working, you start painting that picture again mm-hmm. that you know will appeal to them to bring them back under your control. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's you know, basically nothing ever actually ends up happening. And he says in here on page 106, the false hero manipulates by leading people to believe they have something better to offer than they do. Mm-hmm. And he even admits, you know, this is a tough one for him, writing the book, because that this was his form uh, his go to form of manip- manipulation you know in his past mm-hmm. and he says you might be dealing with a false hero when the future they're describing seems too good to be true you know i I remember you know just you know there you know somebody I know who you know was in a bad situation marriage wise and had to get out of it, and the person that came came through as like the savior of it you know the the option to get out. Was a total false hero. You know, he he painted this grand picture of, you know, living in a different state and having all this stuff, mm. and it's gonna be safe. You're gonna be fine. He, you know, he wanted to be a, this hero to this woman who was in this horrible situation, you know, and her kids. Then come to find out, he didn't have any of that. Wow. And and <laughs> when as he got to know the guy, he uh he was a, he literally was like a false hero his whole life. Like everything he said was just exaggerated or completely false like they you never knew what to think of this person. Well, he
1: was always he was always right too. Like he was never wrong. Yeah. He was always right. He knew it all.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like it doesn't matter. I mean, you could you could have a PhD in astrophysics and and this guy would know more about astronomy and physics than you do. Yeah. And there's nothing you would be able to do. To convince them of it.
1: It's a means to an end, and they use it to use other people to get their way.
0: Yeah. So, it's a false hero. Mm -hmm. So, if somebody, somebody's ever trying to keep you in a certain place by painting this grandiose picture that really appeals to you, I mean, what they're really doing is manipulating your emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, they're trying to mentally lead you. So,
1: what's the next one? The next one is called the fear monger. This one sounds pretty obvious. If you're afraid to disagree, like my way or the highway, and they'll make the highway feel like hell. So consequences of insubordination.
0: Yeah, if you don't do what I want, I'm going to make you pay. And Mm -hmm. there's going to be hell. Uh, You see this a lot with divorce, Mm -hmm. like when people are getting divorced. Yeah. But it happens within within marriage also, though.
1: Yeah, like, give me sex, or I won't let you go have a girl's night. You know, like, whatever. Like, whatever it is. Like, there's always, you know, give me that, or you aren't going to have that.
0: Or let me do this, or, you know, I'm not going to let you do that, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do something, you know, at the kid's disadvantage. You know, that's a big thing a lot of manipulators do. They use, like, children as pawns in order to try and get, you know, it's going to cost your kids something. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. No mother, for example, not no mother, but most good mothers, you know, aren't going to let something bad happen to their children. Yeah. Or they make their kids have to go without. Mm-hmm. You know, Don says here in uh, The fearmonger, he talks about it on page 108. Fear mongers rule by making people suffer consequences of not listening to them. Um, if you don't submit to me, I'll make your life a living hell. Yeah. Um, Fearmongers manipulate people. Uh, they manipulate by making people believe they are strong. They're never vulnerable and they fear being perceived as weak. Fearmongers are completely incapable of vulnerability and, as such, incapable of intimacy. And um, he gives me a, an example here. Um, actually, you want to read that? Yeah. Bro? paragraph right there right here
1: yeah uh not long ago i watched a documentary about the current crisis affecting the catholic church hundreds of priests around the world have been accused and even found guilty of molesting young boys many psychologists believe these molestations have little to do with homosexuality and are instead based on a need for certain personality types to dominate others According to some psychologists, these specific and disturbing priests molest boys to establish their dominance and to get comfort from dominating the weak, even sexually. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. And of course, you know, it's like, I mean, if you, well, you know, you know people who have been sexually abused, that's a good point. A lot of times the, the abuser will, like if it's a child, for example, mm-hmm. being abused, the abuser will tell the child, hey. If you tell anyone about this, you're going to get in trouble.
1: Well, I mean, that's exactly what happened to me. You know, I was yeah. raped and raped and molested as a as a child from my uncle, and that's always what he told me. If you tell your parents, you're going to be in trouble. And of course, as a four year old, who wants to be in trouble?
0: Yeah, and it's like, and then you believe that, and mm-hmm. or you know, oh, it was your fault. You shouldn't have dressed that way, or you shouldn't have. I mean, all kinds of crazy crap. Oh yeah, but like, but that right there, it's like you you hear that a lot from people who are convicted you know sex offenders and you know Mm -hmm. you know rapists and child molesters it's you know so often i was even i was even on jury duty that um just not too long ago this past year i was on a jury of 12 people and uh there was a guy on trial and he had been doing that to his stepdaughter for a number of years Mm. and yeah, this the guy was 53 at the time. He ended up getting f- sentenced to 53 years in prison for it. Wow. And uh was so much of what what we're saying here is what he was saying. You know, I mean that was the accusation against him that this little girl was saying, well, he you know, I was scared, but he said this and he told me that and if I did this, or if I if I told, then this would happen and I don't mm-hmm. want anything bad to happen to my sister. I don't want anything bad to happen to my mom. Yeah. So I didn't I mean, it's a fear monger. That's what yeah. it is. You know something interesting here. He talks about too. He, he over. He says you know you're dealing. You know you're dealing with a fear monger when they overemphasize the concept of loyalty. Mm. Hmm. Ever hear someone talk about loyalty, or they overemphasize? I heard Jordan Peterson talking about something similar to this in one of his lessons. I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he basically said whenever you hear somebody take like a really Strong righteous stand, like psychologically speaking, he's like immediately start looking for the opposite to be true. Mm. Not that you should be like paranoid that people are lying, but whenever someone takes a strong stand against something, like a righteous indignation, a a righteous stand for something, he said, you know, this this is he was citing like like psychological studies that have been done over time. Um. Generally, if you look hard enough for the opposite, you'll start to find it. Not always, but a lot of times you will.
1: Well, just like an ex, an ex friend of mine. Like I'm all about people, Jamie. I'm all about people. Yeah. Uh yeah. And you clearly, they clearly weren't. <laughs> well,
0: what Jamie was talking about is she, she had a friend really oddly randomly turn on her. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really toxic. It was very revealing, and this person. I basically, literally sat down and made a list, made a list of things that she thought was terrible about Jamie and why she's a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. And all throughout this video, she didn't even have a conversation. She did it over a video from her phone, mm-hmm. which takes no guts. Um, yeah, <laughs> but she kept sprinkling in there. But I'm a good person, and I and care about, about people. people. And and what what it was doing, there was no sharing the truth and love or grace or genuine care it was i think all these things are terrible about you but mm-hmm. i you know and trying to like put you over here
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then go but i'm such a good person but yeah. i i care about people you know i help people this way and talking about all the things this person apparently does well, that again, makes them a good person well like trying to make
1: me feel guilty for being blessed somebody <laughs> wanting to bless us for something yeah and in return like it's like
0: you you shouldn't have accepted that yeah somebody else deserves going.
1: that Who's worse off than you that deserve that more for, for their kid than your, than your kid?
0: <laughs> oh, but I'm such a good person. I care about people.
1: Yeah, and, I can tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, do you do realize what you're saying right now is the opposite of what you're claiming? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's just really to them, to a person like that, she couldn't see it. But to an offside observer, you're going, wow, that person is messed up mentally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's just really awkward. Yeah. You know, and, and you do see this a lot, unfortunately, in the church. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we do see that. It's just it happens everywhere. It happens in relationships. Um, you know, but you know, you you do see it. He even talks about it here. Um, about when he was a kid. Um, there's a story. He was in a small church and they had a new pastor who was a fearful man with a booming voice who loved to preach about God's wrath and the mm. threat of hell. He said his first sermon was entitled, um, Appoint Those You Trust and Trust Those You Appoint. And basically it was his way of saying, Never question or challenge my authority. Mm. And for the next few years he destroyed their community. <laughs> and um, one one elder who questioned him publicly was criticized publicly um, and ended up actually committing suicide.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. They said in the lobby, the new pastor posted lists of tithing and non-tithing members. What? So, so everyone could see who wasn't giving money to the church.
1: My gosh.
0: Yeah, his wife was a kept woman and his children were despondent. Eventually, he was asked to leave. He later started an organization that attempted to unite Christians to take over the government. <laughs> <laughs> his family was in shambles, but nothing could stop him. You know, he continues to wreak havoc today, whoever this person is. Wow. I, I'm guessing we probably heard of this person, and I just he doesn't, you know, say who they are, obviously. Yeah. But here's the basic definition. If you wanna what's When that? you
1: are afraid to disagree with somebody or challenge their authority, you are likely <coughs> in the presence of a fearmonger.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck, I remember we uh, we went to a church for a few years and it was it was it was kind of like you know like it was kind of like the pastor was like had this like had created this sort of celebrity around himself with, like within the organization within the local area or it wasn't that he was a celebrity but it was it was almost it almost felt like that's what was the attempt though it was mm-hmm. attempted to like try and appear big and popular and famous and you know, it was just it just I don't know. People have radars, you know. You know, they can just notice things and.
1: Well, I mean, and he would say things like, "I'm not trying to name drop, but <laughs> proceed
0: to name." I drop. met
1: blah blah blah. Yeah. So it's like I was uh, hanging out with blah
0: blah blah, and it's like you know. So like, you're not mean name drop, then just don't. Then don't. Like,
1: no.
2: <laughs>
0: just you know, don't do it. <laughs> but like, I, the, my point is, I remember that people were afraid to disagree. Like, I, I'd have people tell me, "I actually don't agree with that." You know but they 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 felt like everyone else would attack them mm-hmm. or or come against them if they dared have a different opinion than the leader yeah, and that's that's not a leader that's uh you know that's that's you know it's fear-mongering um, mm-hmm. you know, or even I asked somebody about, well where does all the money go in the church as a nonprofit organization, it's owned by the public. You know, according to government regulation, you know, if you're a nonprofit and somebody has to see your books, you have to show them. Well, the the weird thing is in that organization, anybody who asked um, or anyone who ever tried to ask or in some way wanted to, it was always, you. Were, you they were always made to feel really awkward. I don't know if they ever actually showed people the books and they would, you know, but t- like no one even wanted to ask to see the books. Which any honest nonprofit organization, I mean, people, they post their 990s right there on their website. Yeah. And go, here's all the money we got. Here's where it all went. Here's what everyone's being paid. Here's our percentages, Where what goes where. And it's just, if you're afraid to ask even an honest question, you're dealing with a manipulator. Yeah. That That is someone who's just mentally not really uh, stable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the next one,
1: the the last one is called the flopper. <laughs> so they overdramatize victimhood to gain attention.
0: Yeah, Don gives a good example in here. If you've ever been watching a basketball game on TV, and a and you know a player gets bumped, you know not real hard, but bumped, and then they just slide across the court, trying to get. The other team penalized. Or you'll see it in soccer sometimes. You know, someone gets the ball taken from them, and when the opponent kicks it out away from them, you know, they fall on the ground and hold their leg or their ankle
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or their knee and, like, just acting like, ah, like playing possum, trying to get the other team penalized. Yeah. It's a flopper. And so right here, definition he gives of a
1: flopper. A flopper is somebody who overdramatizes their victimhood in order to gain sympathy and attention. So floppers assume the role of victim whenever they can. This is a pow- this is a powerful and destructive form of manip- manipulation. In order to be a vi- to be a victim, a person needs an oppressor. If you enter into a relationship with a flopper, sooner or later that oppressor will be you. Wow. Yeah. Mhm. Yep. I know one of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, it says a a flopper's internal mantra goes something like this: If people hurt me, then they're in my debt, and I can hold it over them to get what I want. And what he says here, and I'll let you give an example if you want. Here mm-hmm. in a minute. He says false victims are themselves passive oppressors. They seek control by making you feel guilty about what you've done. They don't want to reconcile. They want control. And again, this takes needed attention from people. Who truly are hurting and helpless. He says a true victim is somebody who has no way out and is not in control. But a flopper has plenty of ways um, out of their circumstances, but chooses to stay for the power it brings them.
2: Mm -hmm. So
0: if you consistently feel responsible for someone else's pain, but you just can't figure out how you caused it, you're likely in a a relationship with a flopper. Yep. And so, I mean...
1: Well, like, for example... Um, you know, there's a man in my life and, uh, we had went to go see him and his wife. And, um, I remember we were going to go to church with them and then have lunch and then have to head out.
0: I'd actually spoken at a church in that area. And then, the, yeah, they connected afterwards, I think with, with us no?
1: No, it was diff- that was that a That was a different time. time. That was a
0: different time. Right. We but, had a few. We had a few awkward experiences in this part of a particular state.
1: <laughs> but but basically, like they kept trying to make me feel bad because I didn't want to stay after having lunch to go see one of their loved ones who they and they and they threw it on to me like well, you didn't even know the well, person. Well, well, I did kind of. But like it was kind of one of those things like, well, she may not be alive anymore. Like this might be the last time that you'll ever see her alive. And that's kind of how they tried to make me feel bad. And they even at one point called me selfish because we weren't because we weren't going to go do it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a total disregard for the fact that we have our own life. And like we were not near home and we were on the road. And like we had our own schedule and things and that, mm. that we had to do. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, when, when people do that, here's the thing to remember, you're under no obligation to do what somebody wants.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: like, you're really not, unless they're paying you, you're an employee, you're getting paid to do that. We, we worry way too much about what people are going to think, but like, we're not under any obligation to do anything for anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, and you shouldn't feel bad about like saying no, like what conditioning has gone on in our culture growing up where we, we feel like we should feel bad for saying no or refusing something uh, that just isn't a good fit for us. Yeah. You know, a person of integrity, a truthful person, a non-manipulator, they won't try to make you feel bad. They'll just understand, okay, it's not a good fit, not good timing. That happens. Yeah. Maybe
1: next time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, what were do you wanna summarize those Jamie um the kinds of manipulators we talked about
1: so number one was the scorekeeper, so very transactional, the judge, which controls people by uh threats of judgment, the false hero, which leads people to believe in a hope or better future than it really is mm-hmm. uh the fourth one was the fear monger. If you're afraid to disagree, kind of like my way or the highway, and they'll make the highway feel like hell, like consequences of insubordination. Uh, And then the final one was the flopper. So over-dramatizing victimhood to gain attention. They make you feel like you're the bad guy in order to get you to feel bad and do what they want.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Don, he ends this chapter by talking about uh, truth tellers. You know, he talks about his, his wife now as well as one of his mentors. And uh you know, one of the things he says is that uh they offer grace. And you know, he talks about how he used to be, you know, one of these manipulators. And in some way I think I think we all are one of these or multiple, um, depending on who you are. And he even says in here, he says, you know, he says the old me would have taken this list and used it like ammo at a shooting range. <laughs> like, these are all the ways I can manipulate people. Yeah. Like Wow, I'll try all these different <laughs> things and try and get my way. It's like, what a, <laughs> it's a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, but he talks about truth tellers and safe people. And, you know, he says, you know, these days when he spots a manipulator, he says he doesn't feel much judgment at all, which is a really bold thing to say. That's, mm-hmm. that takes a lot. He says if they want to do business together, he said I keep my distance, but that doesn't stop me from liking them. Mm-hmm. And so he really separates the the manipulation from the person, and that can be really difficult to do. He says, but you know, find safe people.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, they say, you know, safe people's it it's somebody who speaks the truth in grace. So if somebody's toxic or they're coming against you in a very aggressive toxic way, that's not speaking the truth in grace. No. Um and the only hope that a manipulator like him had to become a safe person was to, run, to surround himself with safe people. Mm-hmm. So as we end this, you know, Jamie and I, we don't just want to give you this information, but, you know, we're human just like you and your spouse and your family members. Jamie, which I'd like for us to each reveal which one of these we think we are or not we are, but. Like, what would be our go-to in the past before we knew these? Um,
1: For me, I think it would be the scorekeeper. Only because, like, there's been times where you'll go and you'll get, like, some cool boots or a a cool shirt. And then I'm like, well, I want something, too. (laughs) You know, so, I mean. I agree with that. I know if I go
0: buy a a new pair of shoes or cowboy boots or a, a new shirt, like, at one of my favorite stores. If that's 50
1: bucks from the buckle, just saying 50 bucks,
0: (laughs) I know if I spend 50 bucks, it's like, oh, I just spent a hundred because she's going to want to spend an equal or greater value, you know, that kind of thing. I can see that. So,
1: I mean, for me, I think, I think that one is me for sure. Like sometimes I can be that way. (laughs) I'm, I'm working on it, but that's, that's the one that kind of stood out to me the most for me.
0: But here's the thing. Here's actually where you're not that though. (laughs) i don't I don't know you've ever said to me like Brian, after all I've done for you or Brian, I did this for you, why won't you do that for me like no, but i I,
1: I guess I just see it more yeah. of like just as like for an, you know like like that's the way I see it was like, oh, if he goes and gets something from the store, that means I need to go get something too <laughs> in that
0: in that sense, I can see that
1: so that i mean yeah,
0: I think for me. I I think, I think I I'm not so much this way anymore. But I think in the past I was probably the false hero. I remember with like girlfriends in the past, like, um, wanting, like, if I if I really liked a woman, and I wanted to date her, like it's like, well, what's she dealing with? I want to be I want want to be like that faithful advisor that she can. <laughs> trust in and you know paint this grand picture of our future and together things like that mm-hmm. and it's not that I wasn't intending to do that um I just don't think I was really in a place where that was real feasible that that was actually uh, realistically going to happen um and so as somebody who's a a communicator and speaker you know I I always like uh you know, painting a picture of the hopeful future. I love giving people hope. Yeah. Trying to inspire them to keep fighting through their thing and that life's going to get better for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is maybe the dark side of that same coin um, that that can flip into. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably mine was really the false hero. But, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm still self-aware at this point in life. Probably not where I need to be, but way more than I used to be. Mm-hmm. You know? And the thing about it is when you know this stuff, you can look out for it. Yeah. And you can make sure you're not being that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Fear mongers. <laughs> I've known so many of those. Those people, I have a BS radar that is overly sensitive and <laughs> floppers and fear mongers, like false victims or just people who are a-holes. Like, uh, I'm like, nope, not doing it. Not hanging. <laughs> nope. You know and i and i'll just argue with a judgmental person all day. I mean, i i actually enjoy that, which, you know, I need to get a life. <laughs> but yeah. So, any any last uh any last thoughts?
1: Not really. Don't be a manipulator or try to work on it. If you if you can relate to one of these that maybe that you are, like try to work on it. Yeah. Try to improve to be better.
0: Yeah. To try to re- really yeah that's a great point try to pick which one of these you are or you r- you are most prone to be and then make it a point to practice not being that and then also the second thing is look at these and go is there somebody in my life like this because it can really set you free mm-hmm. um if you realize that wow i felt bad all these years for this or that or this person has always made me feel bad about things and you realize you're not actually guilty of anything. They're just a fear monger. They're just a scorekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> they're just a judge. Yeah. Or, or a flopper even, you know, oh, I feel this way. So it's cause you always do this and you always make me feel this way. You know, and they're, it's like, yeah, it's
2: mm-hmm.
0: messed up. So yeah, good point, Jamie identify which one you might be or be prone to be, and then determine and make the choice not to be that and look out for these and other people. Yeah. And, uh, I would say immediately get distance from those people. Doesn't mean you have to throw them out of your life, but get distance and defend and protect yourself. You know, you have a right to not be manipulated by other people. Mm-hmm. As a human, you know you're respectable enough, um, you know, and valuable enough to not have to deal with this. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take the next three seconds—just three seconds—and simply click that five-star rating if you feel like this is a five-star podcast. Also, if you want us to keep making these episodes, we can't do it alone. We're just a normal married couple like many of you, and you can help us continue making these episodes by contributing just $4 a month. Yes, just $4 a month. That's literally only 13 cents a day. That's just a dollar a week, a dollar per episode. And let's be honest here. For the quality of advice you get here, you can easily afford to invest just a dollar a week with us. This helps us grow so we can bring you even more value And you also have the chance to get some pretty cool swag out of the deal. So here's what you need to do. Just scroll down to the bottom of the show notes right now and click the link that says support the show or you see the word Patreon. It literally only takes 30 seconds to do and it helps us continue helping you and your friends and loved ones in their marriages. So click the link right now that says support the show or Patreon and we'll see you in the next episode.